are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Radiant Culture. I'm Cookie Monster. And today I am joined by TJ. What up, what up, what up? Yeah, TJ is a sharp young man. And, uh, today, today is going to be, we're going to be doing this thing together. Um, and t- today we have a very special guest in the house. And um, I've just named him the guru. <laughs> He's been with us before. Um, his name is Pastor Craig. Pastor Craig, how are you doing? Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. Hi, TJ. How are you, Pastor? <laughs> so glad to be here once again. And... Um, Hopefully the guruness in me is going to come out today. <laughs> <laughs> we I, like, so. I like I like doing this to people so that mm. um, they, they, they put they put on their A game. So we, we're, mm. we have no problem with that. Mm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the guruness is going to come out. Yeah. But you know, t- today we're talking about mm. a, a topic that is quite unique, if, if I'll say that. We're talking about works. and But let me put this into context. The Bible talks a lot about... Um, the fact that on Judgment Day, there's actually a scripture that talks about how on Judgment Day, each man's work is going to be measured, right? Something along those lines. TJ is going to read the scripture just now. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we want to talk about that to say, what, what exactly do we mean by works? When the Bible talks about um, the work we're supposed to do as believers, on one end, we hear Paul talk, talking about the fact that you know, it's, it's by grace that we're saved. Right, not of works, lest any man should boast. Mm. Right, and yet at the same time, there's works that we're supposed to do mm. that are going to be used to measure, I guess, our effectiveness mm. as believers. So we want to talk about that. That what exactly does that mean? Mm. Um, so I think we can we can get into it, Pastor Craig. Yes. Uh, like I said before, you know, before we started, that this this topic is a very it's a very scary one for mm, me. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, it's, it's a scary one for, for many people. It's one of those topics that people usually don't discuss. Mm. But w- what is, I think the, the first question I'd want to know is, w- what do we mean by works? What do we mean by... From a scriptural point of view, from yes. From a scriptural mabasa. point of view. <laughs> 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 works mean mabasa. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, from my understanding of scripture, uh, when we talk about works, obviously works are the things that we do. Uh, and uh, narrowing it down um, to our context as um, uh, children of God or as believers in Christ, works, I guess, would be um, those activities that relate basically to our walk with God. Right. Those activities that relate to our relationship with God, and obviously these are varying. Probably narrowing it uh, even further down to uh, this particular uh, discussion, um, works could be viewed obviously as those things or as those activities, if I can use the term, right, that have a bearing, that have a significant bearing on um, us insofar as the afterlife is happening. Right. We shall be in terms of eternity. So that's works probably in um, in short. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, TJ, can you just read that scripture? The scripture? Yeah. Okay, so it's First um, Corinthians uh, mm. 3, mm-hmm. from, I'm going to read from 9 to mm. 15. 
So it starts off saying, um, for we are God's fellow workers. Mm -hmm. You are God's field. You Mm -hmm. are God's building. Mm -hmm. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For one other foundation can any, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he built on on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be sa- saved, yet so as through fire. Mm. Right. So, okay, so, mm. Pastor. <laughs> so here's my question. Uh-huh. Right, and I'm sure it's a question that many other people have. The question is that, is this then saying that um, the works that we do on earth, mm. right, have the authority or rather ha- have the potential mm. to guarantee or compromise our entry into heaven? Absolutely not. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. I was just about to say, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting topic. I was, I was about to read you guys a, an interesting verse yeah. <laughs> about works. And yes. this is in John chapter. And then I'll, I'll, I'll probably further yes, answer please, the question. Please go ahead. Yeah. Let's look at John 6, 29. Right? John chapter 6 and verse 29. Let me just open it very quickly. Sure. Um, John 6 and 29. Right. Here we go. They asked him. In fact, let's start from verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. Do not work for food that spoils, but that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed a seal of approval. That's 27. Uh, John six twenty eight. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Mm-hmm. They're asking Jesus. Verse 29. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he sent. Imagine mm-hmm. that. <laughs> to believe yes, very the works <laughs> yeah. is to believe. Now, let me tell you what, where, where um, faith and works, what matrix or where, what position our works uh, come with regards to um, us and God. And mm-hmm. probably I'll start off with the verse that you read, uh, Paul talking in Corinthians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been an issue and we must understand scripture and context. Yeah. A lot of uh, matters that are thrown out as preaching, as teaching, sometimes are, are pulled out without uh, a proper understanding. Paul here is addressing as a problem where the Corinthian church, it seems, is almost, um, in a sense, factionalized between two phenomenal individuals. Mm-hmm. One, a phenomenal preacher called Apollos. Right. Apollos knew how to preach a storm. He knew how to convince you of who God is by just phenomenal preaching. Then you've got Paul, an established apostle par excellence. Right. A man whose who's, who's record in so far as planting churches is just beyond. And now these are two individuals exposed to one church, which now seemed to be bringing people into do two different um, allegiances, as it were. Uh-huh. Some are saying, you know what? We love Apollos. This man was how to preach to us. Uh-huh. Some are saying Paul is our father. He's an apostle. And so for them, there seems to be um, sort of like a, a, a tug of war. Right. 
for the church members among themselves for these two individuals. Yeah. And so Paul is now clarifying, hey, hey, we are not on two different teams here. Yeah. One plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. So what we are doing for God or the works in terms of um, our, our church activity mm -hmm. that we're doing ultimately is going to face a test uh, before us. And then he says something very interesting, which you actually read. Mm -hmm. He said, if your works are bad, they'll be burnt even though your soul will be saved, which right. is coming to my answer now. Uh -huh. Our faith, you you, read, <laughs> you remember reading that, right? I remember in, in, reading in, that. Yes, yes, I in 1 Corinthians. He said, yeah. in, in effect, that verse is actually saying that even though what you do is unapproved, you're still saved. Works are an evidence of our faith. Right. All right? Works are the evidence of our faith. Uh -huh. How do we get into heaven or how do we spend eternity with God? We believe in Jesus Christ. All right. So our ticket into a lifetime with God uh -huh. is believing in Jesus Christ. That's right. why I started with John 6, 29. Yes. You can go back to John 3, 16. Mm -hmm. That is our entry point. What is the importance of works? Works determine our status in eternity. Uh-huh. Right. So it's going to be like ranks. In a sense. In a sense. <laughs> in a sense. What do I mean? Um, a lot of people, and uh, I don't want to take this into probably a discussion about the afterlife or eschatology, as, yeah. as people call it. But there's always a question, okay, so when we die, when we go, what are we going to be doing? You know, the <laughs> classical view has been we're just going to go before God, we're going to be singing songs and so forth. It, scripture doesn't seem to uh, narrow it to that. Mm -hmm. It would seem that from Scripture, we have a lot more responsibilities we're going to be assigned yeah. Once we are with God forever. Now, the kind of responsibilities we are assigned in eternity are going to depend on how we were faithful stewards. Now, to be with God, all you need to do is to be saved. Yeah. But what you're going to be doing in eternity has got a lot to do with your works on earth. Hence, we come to the issue and the teaching also of stewardship. Yeah. You know, if you are faithful, right, if you're not faithful with worldly wealth, for instance, Jesus says, who will trust you? Who will entrust you with true riches? Yeah. You know, he who is faithful in little shall also be entrusted with what? With, with much. much. Uh -huh. So so that's, for me, where the works um, equation of it comes in. It's not so much that we're using good deeds, mm -hmm. right? Serving in church, good deeds, uh, giving to the poor, or even living a holy life, yeah. right? Uh, that's not what's going to get us into heaven. No, what's going to actually get us into heaven is the fact that we've believed in Christ. Right. That's what's going to get us. That's our ticket into heaven, believing in Christ. Right. But what we do beyond eternity uh -huh. is obviously determined by our level of faithfulness. Yes. Hmm. So the question then, you know, for mm. me becomes, what, what does this mean for the, for the believer? Mm. Because we're living in a time where, mm. you know, I think as the church, we're seeing a lot of, um, per, there's a lot of pursuit of, material things mm -hmm. there's that you know fame people mm -hmm. want to be seen um and people and i think some people actually there's there's what can i call it you know you've got your big name preachers and people mm -hmm. people that are out there mm -hmm. seemingly making a huge impact for god mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and you've got your major ministries and, and i can even see that with younger people who are in ministry there's mm -hmm. that temptation to you know i want to show that god is it's moving. And the I want to... glitz and glam of spirituality. You what, exactly. You see what I'm saying? That's, I think that's a mm. great way to put it. Mm. So my, my question now becomes, does this mean that 
pursuing um, the glitz and glamour mm. <laughs> of spirituality mm. on earth mm. compromises mm. Um, or rather is in violation uh, with what, or violation too, I don't know what the proper preposition mm. is, what, what God expects of us in terms of um, our rank in eternity. And I'll, I'll, let me qualify my question. Mm. What, what I mean is you, you get a, a parable like the parable of Lazarus and the rich man mm-hmm. where Lazarus was the beggar, mm-hmm. right? And the rich man was this guy who was living this lavish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then when they die and they are now in, in, in heaven, mm-hmm. La- Lazarus is with Abraham. It says in Abraham's bosom. And, it is. Mm-hmm. and the rich man is, I guess, burning, burning. somewhere. Mm-hmm. The, the picture there that, you know, that, that we see is... Is that scripture trying to communicate to us that people who are lowly here on earth mm. are then going to become important uh. people on the other side? Mm. And the, the converse of that is, mm. if you're someone who's important, if you're mm. a big name preacher or mm. a big name whoever, mm. does that mean that you are now like the, the, the rich man mm. who, that, that, basically that the tables are going to be flipped? De- definitely. The, <laughs> <laughs> the life shall be faced. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, uh, definitely not. Yeah, I think that um, particular parable was um, a parable is a heavenly story, heaven or it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? right. You see, so I bet, I bet you, or rather, I guess that particular parable is reflecting um, number one, the importance of your salvation, number two, if you look at that story in particular, in the end, you hear the rich man in help asking. Abraham to send someone to his brothers. Uh-huh. It's actually another lesson about the importance of evangelizing our people now when I we have time. Right. You see, so it wouldn't be a best illustration uh-huh. of who we are going to be insofar as our roles in this place. I always tell people, uh, not every rich person is going to heaven, but there are going to be certain rich people here on mm-hmm. earth who are going to go to heaven. Not every poor person is also going to go to heaven. Right. There are some poor people in their poverty they are not going to make it. The issue, obviously, is our salvation state. I think that should be um, pretty clear. What is the believer's pursuit on earth? Mm-hmm. Um, the believer's pursuit is the God life and not necessarily the good life. Uh-huh. You see, there's a difference between please the good just, life please just and the God life. life. Yeah. King Solomon talks about, um, he says something very interesting. He says that those that love pleasure will become poor, mm. you know. I I always tell people that um, when King Solomon is saying those that love pleasure, don't think like a Zimbabwean, pleasure. (laughs) 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 Right, right, right. Think of pleasure as the good life. Uh You know, sometimes you like the good life. Nothing wrong with having, in quotes, the good life. Uh You know, I want to have a full DSTV bouquet. I want an interrupted, unkept Wi-Fi Wherever I am, I want the best car. I want the best school for my kids. I want the best banking account. I want uh, um, good medical aid and so forth and so forth. And um, at the expense of actually pursuing that which God has sent you for. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, just because God has sent you for a particular purpose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be physically or, or what can I say, materially poor in the earth. Yeah. But the, the, the essence of life, is not necessarily the good life, as it were. Mm-hmm. It's the God life or fulfilling your purpose here on earth. Now, that purpose of God in your life sometimes um, may expose you, obviously, to extraordinary riches. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Right? You, it, may, it might even take you into a place where you might not be 
um, uh, extravagantly wealthy. Yeah. Right. I'm never the one who um, um, suggests that poverty is is God's blessing on His people. No. Yeah. But I'm just trying to say that um, sometimes we put rank on people based on what they've amassed um, materially, or sometimes even uh, certain preachers have uh, put um, or, or propo- what can I say? Propose that you know the pursuit of acquiring things mm-hmm. is the evidence of God's blessing when there are a lot more aspects to life yeah. than obviously acquiring all sorts of um, material possessions. So so these are things as believers we must be wary of, we yeah. must watch out for, we must be careful about, and we must be interested in, in balancing out. So that in as much as I enjoy the manifestation of God's blessing, yeah. right, the manifestation, mm-hmm. right, money is not a blessing, it's a manifestation, yeah. right, wealth or a, what, in whatever form other yeah. than money. It's not the blessing, it's a manifestation. But life is not about that, uh-huh. right? So where, where do the works come in now? Whatever good things I've received, let them be used for the furtherance and the propagation of the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah. Sure. Wow. This, this is... Yeah, that's good. good. Um, I wanted to ask, like, mm. earlier on, you mm. mentioned something about, you know, the works that all you need to be in heaven mm-hmm. to, to get to the next life and mm-hmm. be in good standing with mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever works you do will be tested and you will lose, as the verse says. But then there's another verse that mm-hmm. Paul writes in, in Romans. I'm forgetting this specific scripture mm-hmm. where he's talking about these certain works. Mm-hmm. And he says, idolaters, um, lascivious people, oh, yes. people given to various Galatians, sins, he uh, describes. Will not inherit the kingdom of exactly. God. Exactly. That's Galatians 5. So he's literally in that sense saying people who do these works uh-huh. will not see the kingdom of God. Okay. Regardless of whether they say they believe or not. Or not. They, so where, where does that come in? in? In relation to what you said Okay. Earlier. I'll go back to what I said. Mm. We enter into heaven by faith. Yes. Where do works come in? Works are the evidence of our faith. Yeah. Works are the evidence of our faith. Over the past two weeks, I was just marveling at how God speaks to us through yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. God speaks to us through nature and all the things around us. <laughs> so I was just, I was telling people all over in different places, the wind concept, you know, wind, mm-hmm. we can't touch wind, right? Mm-hmm. But we can tell that there's the wind here. Yes. Correct. Yeah. We can't see the wind. Yes. We can't see that. We, no one can sight wind and say there is wind. But we know wind by its effects. Mm-hmm. Correct? Same thing with our faith. We cannot touch in a physical sense or even see in a physical sense your, your faith. But we can feel it's what it's, it's effects. So that we now know that <laughs> there is what? Faith. Take you to James. He talks about faith and works. He's very clear about that. He says faith without works dead. is dead. So what is he saying? He's basically saying that works are proving your faith. Yeah. Right? Yes. Not works are going to get you to heaven. I can use another example. We do not teach people how to behave when they are drunk. Okay? No one comes and says, please teach me. When I'm stoned, when I'm sloshed, what do I do? And then we start telling them three steps to the left, four to the right. Okay? Smash someone's head. Smile like you're crazy. No, 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 no. All we tell them is... Just okay, not all we tell them, but <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous, right? 
If you take that heavy stuff, uh-huh. no one will need to give you any training on how to act drunk. It will just come out on itself. And when a person behaves a certain way, you know your friend, you know your sister, you know your mom, you know your dad. You mm-hmm. knew your dad or your uncle. If he just came in singing certain songs, yeah. you didn't need yeah. to see a, a, a plaque on his head <laughs> to say, I was drinking. You just know, ah, 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 he was drinking. <laughs> you see, exactly, right? That's the same thing with works. Works just prove our faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, 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 and this cuts across the board here. For instance, um, Issues of moral acts, mm-hmm. like you correctly said, the fact that I'm um, a born again Christian, right? How do we know that you are now a born again Christian? Your behavior or those works, right, begin to show that hey, there's a big change in you. So, so that's that's where the works matrix comes in. Mm-hmm. Where do we balance that out now? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good people with works, right, that are not saved. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing me now? So there's a lot of people who do good things. They feed the poor. They don't steal. They don't get drunk. They don't sleep around. But hey, with those good works, without Christ, you see, without believing in Christ, guess what? You are still as good as a person who does not know Christ. Let me give you one last example there. I give two examples, a dog and a person. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to show you faith and works. Mm-hmm. Right, and why uh, there's two different things. So you've got your favorite dog. Let's name him Bud. Right, mm-hmm. Bud is your favorite dog. Is a chihuahua. Is a small little chihuahua. Right, mm-hmm. um, Bud does all the things that you know make you feel like Bud is a person. You know, mm-hmm. when you come, Bud greets you. For some reason, Bud even knows how to turn on your computer and switch it off. Any instruction you give Bud, he's able to even what make you a cup of coffee. That's mm-hmm. Bud. Mm-hmm. Right, he understands you in your good and bad moments. Bad, bad, bad is deep. Bad is very deep, right? He uh, even reads uh, magazines and, yeah, and novels. Bad. That's bad. No matter how human bad can act, he remains a dog. Right. He remains a dog. Hey. Then you've got a friend called Pete. Pete, for some reason, when you came to see him after he's been two years in London, you knock the door. When when the door opens, Pete is on his fours. He comes. Oh, 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 hi. You know, Pete, what's wrong? Oh, everything he does is like a dog. Eh? He sees water and, and so forth. That's Pete, a man, full-grown man, your friend of all your life. You've seen him, uh, having not seen him the past two years. Mm-hmm. He's doing everything like a dog. <laughs> He's doing everything that a dog does. He's not even speaking like a person. Pete, what's up? Oh, let me tell you something. No matter how much Pete acts like a dog, we will never call him a dog. He is just a person who's behaving like a dog. Right. Eh. So guess what? A child of God is a child of God, not because of what they do. Mm-hmm. It's because of their faith in Jesus. So sometimes even when a child of God acts, right, like a non-believer, right, they're just like Pete acting like a dog. We will never call him a dog. We just say, Pete, there's something wrong. We need to fix that. <laughs> but you remain a person. Uh. A non-believer on the other side, he can do everything a church person does. Yeah. He can even come get church membership. Sing in the choir, uh, give to the poor, not sleep around and all those things. But as long as he's not given his life or believed in Jesus Christ with all the good things, he still remains. And I need to give one last example. Please, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I? Yes, by all means. How many states are in the United States of America? 40 something. 50, 50 something. Okay. Mm-hmm. 50, 50 something, 51. right? Can you tell me any three states? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York, New Jersey. New Jersey. Texas. Texas and so forth. Do you think you know any of the um, accents Americans speak in? Can you just attempt to speak like a typical American, yeah. wherever they are? Oh. Just, just try to say, hi, how are you doing like an American? Hi, how are you doing? Really? I need to have some water. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me something. Are you a citizen of the United States? Nope. You know the states? You know how they talk? Yeah. You can talk like them? Yeah. But you're not an American. Yeah. I put it to you now that another guy from down the road has never been to the States, but for some reason, the United States Embassy gives him citizenship. He doesn't know English. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know English. He doesn't know, even know the direction which the United States is in. Yeah. He doesn't even know that in America, cars move on the right, not on the left. Uh-huh. But he's got citizenship, but he cannot speak English. Right. He is stronger than you, uh-huh. who knows the language, the places, the people, and can speak the language. Uh-huh. Because he is a citizen, not because of what he has done, That's but because he, of that which has been accorded. Yeah. So now works are following our salvation. All right, now works begin to authenticate, just like this citizen guy now. Mm-hmm. When he eventually moves to the States, they will now train and teach him that, hey, when we're here, this is how we speak. You say water? This, you say water, <laughs> not water. water. <laughs> you see, we drive on the right. No, yeah. you cannot do that kind of thing, right? They put that into him, but as long as he's received citizenship, let me tell you something, regardless of where he is in the world, he has got the same protections, even though he can't even do a single American thing. Right. And he's stronger than you who knows everything that's American. So, so this is a faith and works matrix. Faith <coughs> is what gets us into the kingdom. Uh-huh. Works just validate who we are in the kingdom. I hope that um, is making lots of sense. Like so, so, so it, helps, it helps the believer now to be free. You're yeah. not trying to perform to yeah. be a child of God. You're already a child of God. You're not trying to, to do something to get God's approval. You are approved. All right. All right? You are now just validating your approval by your actions. But you're not, you're already, you've already passed this. You're like a person who's married. You know, you get the certificate before you've even started marriage. That's how marriage starts, right? So <laughs> that's also faith. And, um, I, I like the analogy, mm. like all the analogies that you've used. <clears throat> I think they paint, they paint a, very, a, a very good picture. Mm. Um, so I think the question now becomes, mm. you know, Paul there is mm. talking about how the, the works are going to be tested with fire. Mm. And I, I'm not trying to understand, right? Mm. And I guess other people have th- these questions as well. Mm. Um, what responsibility does mm. that now place on the believer, mm. right? In terms of the way they ought to, to behave, mm-hmm. the things they should value. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis talks about how when God changes our hearts Mm. he begins to change our hungers Mm -hmm. right the things that we yearn for the things that we hunger for Mm. so you say that the works are evidence Mm. of what um, god is of the faith right Mm. so the question i now have is that so are these works supposed to is this evidence supposed to follow naturally Mm -hmm. or is there work that we have to do Mm. to begin to do those works okay if if you know what i I think i think i think i think i'm hearing you um Let's go back to Paul in First uh, um, Corinthians chapter three. I specifically think when he's talking about works in that context, yeah, he's obviously referring to our works in ministry. Right, right. Particularly, just going back to First Corinthians chapter three. Yeah, remember, there's a comparison between Paul and Apollos, and, Apollos yeah. and their work in the church. And then he's talking about this is going to be what tested. 
I somewhat think that's slightly different, even though we're still talking under the ambit of works there, yeah. to um, righteous or moral acts, insofar uh-huh. as not lying, not cheating, not stealing, and so forth and so yeah. forth. So when, when, when we talk about works being tested, according to this <coughs> verse, I certainly believe it's obviously our work with regards serving God. Right. All right. So uh, when you were feeding the poor, when you were evangelizing, when you were preaching, when you were in the choir, when you were doing all sorts of things uh-huh. like that, that's obviously going to be tested. Now, what must this follow naturally? Uh, must there be work to do? I say yes and no, right? In in this regards, mm-hmm. mm, where do I start? Firstly, when a person is a new believer, um, the Bible talks about a craving milk, yeah. the milk of the word, or the need rather to have certain disciplines. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the moment a person becomes a believer. There has to be certain, if you want, works <laughs> or disciplines a person must do to move. Because even though we are all Christians, all right, or all believers, our maturity levels are different. Mm. All right. God desires that from the moment you're born again, you move from being a spiritual infant to being somebody that's mature in the things of God. Yes. And the writer of Hebrews actually makes a some very interesting notes about this yeah. when he talks about what what infants do and what mature people do as well mm-hmm. even paul in ephesians 4 also makes a note about this although he's talking about the fivefold ministry he goes on to say something very interesting in chapter 4 where he says we will no longer be you know tossed yeah. to and fro by yeah. every wind, wind of, of teaching uh-huh. or doctrine yeah. you see now we, we can only get to a place where you're not tossed when you are established, when you've reached the full stature of Christ. And now, how does that happen? It doesn't happen by osmosis, Bluetooth, or share it. It <laughs> actually happens by certain key spiritual disciplines, three disciplines mainly, mm-hmm. really. Obviously, you're spending time in the Word of God on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. right? Everybody must have that discipline, yeah. everybody. Obviously, your time with God in prayer, publicly and privately. Mm-hmm. Um, I know certain people, they value uh, private prayer time is sacrosanct. It's very important. You can't go without it, right? Um, I liken it uh, to being as important or rather the importance we place on bathing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only a person who's not very normal who can go for a month without bathing and still feel normal. You know, a believer cannot sustain a strong walk with Christ without prayer, right? right? And then mm-hmm. the third, and, and prayer, I must emphasize privately, and publicly, mm-hmm. right? The prayer meeting, the church prayer meeting is an important aspect of your personal growth. Not just your, you know, and some people love to say, I, you know, I pray by myself at home. You know those people. I always say the evidence <laughs> that you're very prayerful at home is that you value the prayer meeting, the coming together hey. to pray, right? And then obviously the third uh, is a fellowship. A fellowship, being in constant um, touch with uh fellow believers there's so many um cataclysmic things awesome things that happen when you know believers just when when believers come together mm-hmm. besides the fact that it gets god excited all the time you know you want to get god excited just bring believers together <laughs> even if you don't know how to sing in the right note you might not the, not know the verses properly there's something that happens in heaven when god uh, gets uh, his his people to get together so these are disciplines mm-hmm. you know that draw us closer to God, that make us grow in God. And certainly that will give a certain kind of a fruit in your life insofar as works are concerned. Right. That's just, um, um, what can I say? That just proves 
or shows your Christianity. Right? I hope I'm I'm doing very well there. Yes, you, you. are. Thank uh, you, uh, Um, okay. So there's the other aspect to that verse where we read mm-hmm. where they were talking about the ranks earlier. Okay. About your works will then determine your ranks in heaven as to when they're tested to say Oh, your work stood the test of fire, so you get a bit of a rank and it determines what you're going to do. Isn't that just your interpretation of it? Does it actually say that? It doesn't actually say rank. Um, if you, if we go no, rank is not like exactly the word, but it mm. says there's a reward for your work. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. This is what I was trying to emphasize at the beginning. Uh-huh. We're all going to go if we're believers. Yes. But what we're going to get is not going to be the same. That that's exactly yes, where I'm coming. That's to. that's that's, and I wanted to emphasize that though. So by faith, all of us become children of God. Yes. But what we get or our reward in the afterlife, obviously, is going to have a lot to do with um how you've served God. How you right. served exactly. This is where my next question was going to come from. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a parable that Jesus gives again mm-hmm. when he talks about the kingdom of God is like a vineyard. Mm-hmm. He says many, he will call out many workers to come, mm-hmm. and these workers come at various times, mm-hmm. and they do different. Of course, if I've been here for 15 years, mm-hmm. and you come just for a year, I'm definitely going to do more work than you are going to do. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, mm-hmm. now I'm going to read, it's in Matthew 20. Correct. From, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to read from mm-hmm. verse 9. Mm-hmm. It says, and when those hired about the 11th hour came, mm-hmm. each of mm-hmm. them received a denarius. Mm-hmm. Now, when those I had first came, mm. they thought they would receive more, mm. but each of them also received a denarius. Exactly. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master mm. of the house, saying, mm-hmm. These last worked only one hour, mm-hmm. and you have made them equal to us, mm-hmm. who have borne the burden of the day and mm-hmm. the scorching heat. Mm-hmm. But he replied to one of them, mm-hmm. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Mm-hmm. Did you not agree with me Correct. for a denarius? Mm-hmm. Take what belongs to you and go. Mm-hmm. I choose to give to this last worker as mm-hmm. I give to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Mm-hmm. Or do you begrudge my generosity? Mm-hmm. So the last will be first mm-hmm. and the first will and be. the first will be last. Thank and you. the first last. Mm-hmm. So my question was, mm-hmm. like in terms of saying, we, we're going to say like how you work here, what you do for mm. the kingdom, how much you pour out will determine mm-hmm. the level of your reward mm-hmm. when it's tested. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, it's it's looking like Jesus is, is, is saying somebody could have done put in 15 years mm-hmm. of work, like mm-hmm. legitimately put in the work. He mm-hmm. doesn't begrudge them for not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And someone put in a year mm-hmm. and they both get the same reward. How, right. how does that play out in terms uh, of... Thank you very much. You know, when we interpret parables, uh, <laughs> we must be careful how we uh, interpret them and apply them. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, if you go to just the second last verse before we go to the first last principle, which I believe um, Jesus is obviously talking about. Mm-hmm. He says, do you begrudge me for my generosity? Yeah. So the first question is, what is this parable actually teaching us? Is this teaching us necessarily about the rewards we're getting in the afterlife? Or number two, about God's generosity? Secondly, um, we must be careful (laughs) how we measure what we call success, just basing on this parable. Mm -hmm. What we call success or what we call, um, what we can call our work for God. Mm -hmm. In other words, what God demands from you is not what he demands from him. Are we together? So the person who's built a 10,000-seater church, right, might be pleasantly surprised that he might be rated differently to the person that 
raised three orphans by themselves. The issue here I'm just trying to get to is yeah. what is your can I use this term what is your purpose contract with God? Uh-huh. What is it that God has set you out to do? God is not measuring you based on the next person. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like our body parts. Yeah. How do you measure which one is the most important part of our body? Do you say the finger is is the one which is the most or do you say the head or the Remember everything has got its what? Has got its role yeah. and it's evaluated based on its purpose. So the finger will never be um, rewarded for how effectively it made the body work. Is how did it effectively handle things? I hope you're getting where I'm taking yeah. this reasoning. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the children and the sons of God, basically God's rewarding us based on what he set you to do. All right? Not what you did versus the next person. Mm-hmm. This, for me, explains why first are last and last are what? Are first. Because the ones who came at five, right, or versus the ones who started at eight. What's that, what's that saying? It's not necessarily saying God's unfair. No, 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 no. What are you doing? What did God call you to do? Maybe your role was to be, like I'm saying, the classical, a pastor. Someone else's role was to be a social champion insofar as the gospel in that direction. Two totally different worlds. How you worked as a pastor determines your result. How you worked as a social worker in whatever sense for God determines what you get so so we must never really worry insofar as um you know the comparative aspect of uh, how is it going to go there what we must actually be emphasizing is what is your purpose mm-hmm. right at the end of the day the person who's listening to me here the the idea is not so much to think okay isaka in any way am i going to be in the food chain in heaven and it <laughs> am i going to be ku, ku hide? Uh-uh, uh-uh. listen your reward is great based on what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and remember Peter talking to Jesus about John. Oh, yes. yes. Peter says, you know, you're telling me about um, the best, but how about that guy? I actually wanted to bring the one. How about that guy? <laughs> and then Jesus says something that almost sounds very arrogant. He says, my friend, <laughs> what this guy is going to be to me, Anditi, is not your concern. In, 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 in short, it's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> you run your part, run your race. Like he says, you follow me. <laughs> exactly, you know. <laughs> and, then, and, and the ironic thing is the guy who Peter was asking about, he outlived all of them, you know. <laughs> and he's the only one who wasn't killed. <laughs> he is the only one who died natural death. But listen, the parts are different, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So uh, an aeroplane must never be compared to a car, right? Yes, yes. How we, we can't measure a Mercedes uh, on account of what an Airbus or a Boeing does, correct? Mm-hmm. Two different worlds. Yeah, two different but we worlds. can only measure it based on what its purpose is. <laughs> Same thing with us, uh, the children of God. So, um, in thinking about how is it going to measure up, I don't even think a believer must be worried about, about okay, so God, what's my contract and my you know, rewards going to... It's, it's more like, God, what have you sent me to do? Mm-hmm. I want to be faithful to do that. Mm-hmm. And on that day, Paul says, a crown is awaiting for me. Yeah. Right? He says, I ran the race. I finished. I ran. I ran. I was faithful, and now a crown is awaiting me. And it actually says, and it's waiting everybody else who's been faithful to God. Yeah. This is him in Second Timothy. So, so I think that the focus must not be on what kind of reward I'm getting. What kind of input am I giving based on my purpose? I love. I love how you've put that because, mm. um, you know, what I also find is that mm. as believers, part of the pressure that we have, mm. especially in our day, mm. is 
uh, the way people are defined, the way the world is defining success. Absolutely. You know, we're now living in a world where success is mm. defined by what you achieve. Mm. Um, you know, even if it's on social media, how big a following, a following do you have? Is, how mm. popular are you? There's mm. different metrics that people are using. Mm. Um, you know, for success. And I think that can mm. easily begin mm. to affect us mm. as children of God, where, where we now think, you know, being big or being mm. successful means mm. that you're the person who's in the forefront or you're the person who everyone is following. Or you're the station that the whole world is following. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even though we might have a crowd of only 10 faithful people. Exactly. Mm. You know, and it's, it's very easy to get lost in that. And I, mm. I think, you know, what you're saying is so profound because mm. we need to come back to that place where we say, but God, what have you called me, me to, do? to do? You know, what, what does what does success mean for me? Exactly. You know, I think mm. that's really profound. Absolutely. And, and uh, puts puts things in, in, into context. And I think, you know, just mm. the, the final, as we come to mm. a close now, uh, maybe something that I'd just like you to do, Pastor mm. Craig, is for, for the believers, you know, mm. Someone who's out there, one of our listeners, mm. you know, who may be thinking, okay, so what does this mean for me? You know, mm. where, where I'm at, mm. um, how can I be more effective for God? Mm. How can I become that person who mm. is walking the path, following what God has called them to do? Mm. You know, even how, how, how does someone discover mm. their purpose in God? Absolutely. Maybe that, that's something that you can just Absolutely. Um, share with us. Absolutely. Uh, for the person who's listening, the very first uh, assurance I'd give to them is the same assurance God, um, John, the first epistle of John, first John, he gives to his listeners when he say, I write to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you're listening to me right now and you've uh, confessed the Lordship of Jesus over your life, I want to guarantee you that you have a first class ticket into an eternity with God, and what a wonder that's going to be. That's number one. But number two, the, if, if, if it was all about just going to heaven, surely the moment we received Christ, boom, would have all been gone. Yeah. So why are we still here? There's obviously a, a reason and purpose that God has placed us. So how do I discover that? It's very, very simple. Anytime you want to discover the purpose of a thing, you go back to its maker. Yeah. Right. If you want to know why a phone exists, go back to the people who made the phone. So for the for the for the person who's listening to it, my my um, admonition or my encouragement to you is go back to God. Now, I have to practicalize that and I will go back to the things I said. Yeah. Go back to God constantly in a lifestyle of prayer. OK, the more you talk to God, the more he begins to unveil what he wants you to do. And he does this in many different ways. Yeah. He does it, obviously, through your heart, your desires. Sometimes he uses people around you. Sometimes he uses your passions. Sometimes he even uh, amplifies your gifts. Yeah. You find out that there's areas, you know, where you've just got uh, an extraordinary amount of um, competence mm -hmm. and ability. It, it, it points you out. I hope you guys are going to invite me to talk about purpose one of these days, <laughs> you know. Um, but, 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 but the point I'm trying to say to the listener is, listen, go back to God. Yeah. Go back into the word. Why the word is our map. In a place where we have no idea and clue where the corners, angles, and the final position is. Mm -hmm. So when you, the more you just read and engage with the word and just do what it says from the very simple and basic instructions, you will be amazed that you're actually part of a maze or rather of a puzzle, of a, this gigantic puzzle uh, that as you live out your life for Christ, you're actually, piece, uh, you're actually putting a piece that's going to make a, a whole puzzle look so 
amazingly beautiful. It may not make sense to you on this earth, mm-hmm. but when you go to the other side, you realize, wow! So by being in the media industry, I was actually doing that in this huge masterpiece mm-hmm. in heaven. So, ah. so, 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 get back, you know, into the word of God. The word of God has got an amazing way of just channeling you into what God has for you. And obviously, like I said earlier on, be in fellowship with other believers. Yeah. One of our, our broad purposes as, as children of God is to serve in the church. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to be a Christian and not love the church. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, I love soccer, but you've never been to a stadium and you watch nothing on TV that's got anything to do with soccer. Yeah. So a true Christian obviously is bound, you know, to the church like an unborn baby, you know, to that umbilical whatever's inside mm-hmm. the mother's in the, inside the mother's belly uh, during pregnancy. So you've got to be connected to the church. As you serve in there, as you participate in there, I guarantee you, sometimes you may not even realize it, you are already fulfilling, you know, uh, your role in God. Remember, as I finish, um, God says we are all being built up into a building, mm-hmm. right? Believers, the church is being built up into this building. A building is made up of bricks, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Bricks. When we see it, it's a building, but a br- building is just the sum of bricks. Mm-hmm. So in participating in the church, guess what? I'm already fulfilling a purpose, that an assignment, right? In mm-hmm. this huge, huge, humongous building called God's family. Mm-hmm. So there's no way, obviously, I can stick, stick or stay away from, regardless of his problems, regardless of his drama, regardless yeah. of his controversy. Sorry, I'm talking too much here, but listen, a friend of mine says, you know what? The church at its worst, it will always be better than the world at its, at its best. Hey. Even us at our controversial worst, mm-hmm. and it, we are safer than the world at its very best. So a person must always find and connect and participate in the church. Mm. That you, you discover that your purpose will just flourish like a, like a, like a flower. Wow. Amen. The church at its, at its worst is still better than the world at its best. Mm. That's deep. With all our controversy, <laughs> with all our drama. And I love the fact that you've, mm. you've actually acknowledged that. Because, you know, mm. sometimes people think mm. that the church has to be this... Perfect. perfect place and of course mm. we know that there's no such thing as mm. a perfect place but mm. we still have this expectation that ah, the church is supposed to be perfect but and, and i'm glad you've brought that up so um, it's almost like imagining sorry um yeah that you you get into a hospital with no sick person you know and being shocked when you're finding people screaming and crying <laughs> you know in a hospital yeah same thing like the church really it's not a perfect place I love this. But we're being perfected. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Pastor Craig. Mm. All right. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've taken to heart what we've shared today. And um, if you have any questions, any comments, you know where to find us, our our Facebook, our Twitter. And uh, let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep growing. Let's keep pursuing God. Let's keep asking those hard questions because that's really how we're going to get to the truth. So thank you for listening. And later. See ya. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.